intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only 1 years of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 3653640714 thank you Hey guys, welcome to the Dog on a Trucking Podcast. This week we've got Mr. Randy Baduk and John Farquhar. John, can you take a sec and introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers? Sure, sure. I'm uh, I'm John Farquhar and uh, I own uh, Summit Risk Solutions. And um, uh, he's got 40 plus years in the trucking industry here now. So I uh, have taken Summit Risk Solutions and I specialize in providing transportation risk evaluations for transportation companies, help them better understand what uh, what they need to know, what they need to understand and deal with the, that, uh, that, uh, on a daily basis. Cool. Mr. Randy, first time we've met actually. So Randy, tell me, I know you are a hazmat guru or dangerous goods phenomenon, but besides that, what else do you do? Well, uh, thanks for having me. My name is Randy Baduk. I operate CDT Strategies, and similar to John, I've been in the industry close to 40 years now, and dangerous goods and bulk liquid is my, uh, my background. And for the last seven years, I've been helping companies with their strategies and compliance areas and just lending that hand where we can to to make the roads we operate on and the communities hopefully just that much safer. But uh, looking forward to our session. Awesome. Now, this means that basically we've got three competitors all on one screen. You could you could call it that. I like to say we're strategic partners. And this is true. Because I have a great deal yeah. of respect for each of you. Randy, I've never met you, but I your reputation precedes you. So I always like to say we're all one string in the rope, and the more strings we have, the stronger the rope is together. Perfect. Great, good, good analogy. And today's conversation, we're going to be talking. I kind of equate it to driver files. So like, you know, the importance of a road test. Why do you need a proper orientation, the cost of turnover, wherever the conversation kind of leads us. But that's what we're throwing against the wall. Mm-hmm. Randy, it looks like you wanted to say something. Nope. Just, just waiting to help where we can. <laughs> All right, well, let's start off with the importance of a road test. Why in the heck? And Randy, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, What the heck is so important about a road evaluation? Well, I think the road evaluation is a, a true look behind. However, I think we've all seen carriers and situations where the road test is generic at best. We've all seen road tests that are completed and it has a checkbox beside it. What does that mean? They were good, they were average, they were skill set. Was the road test five minutes, five hours? And based on a lot of the experiences that I've seen, I sort of changed my thinking a bit down to three elements. Number one, I, I 
started a numerical scoring system using eight as the baseline. If you were acceptable, you're at eight. That way, when the applicant was a little higher skill set, you could bump it up to a nine, you could bump it up to a 10, or likewise, if there was an area of opportunity, you could pull it down to a seven or a six. So it put a little bit of a heartbeat to the page where you could look at it six months later and say, oh, this driver has that opportunity to get better here, or they were stronger in this area. That was part one out of the three. And part two, I sort of like to see the road test unique to that carrier and break it down by the route. So if you have a route that is 80 kilometers long, 50 kilometers long, break it down the scoring of that turn right out of the yard. You're going through a school zone, you're getting onto a highway and score each leg of that road test separately. So you could see if there's consistent areas where there's weakness or strengths. And finally, um, I, I sort of thought it was interesting to potentially use a dash cam during the road uh, observation. So when you get back to the terminal, you have that opportunity to review it with the driver where you can say, this is maybe what you could have done different or this is your strengths as opposed to being a little distracting in the cab while the observation's going on. Awesome. Thanks, Randy. Mm -hmm. John, can mm -hmm. you add? Oh, well, geez, it's hard to add to that because Randy's good at this, I have to admit. <laughs> but uh, probably the biggest uh, fall, Randy kind of touched on it right at the beginning, was um, carriers aren't going far enough to evaluate those drivers. You know, all the points that Randy touched on are things that should be part of their everyday process when evaluating a driver. Um, they're not taking into account uh, the areas and regions, uh, the environments that that driver is going to operate in. So, you know, it's a 15-minute road test rather than something that should be two, maybe three hours long, uh, getting in-depth into what it is. As Randy touched on, there's multiple areas of scoring that need to be touched on. That, that The driver needs to understand, do they have the skill set? They hold a ticket. But is that really enough? Well, and why is, let me ask, and I'll start with John this time. Mm -hmm. um, why is scoring important as opposed to uh, the old checkbox type? Well, the, the checkbox is, you know, it's kind of a, a yes or a no type approach when a yes and a no these days does not work. We need to know. What level of yes? What level of no? You know, so the evaluation process. So as Randy touched on in the scoring mechanism, that's an excellent way to be able to tell the level of skill, you know, and, and the approach of that evaluation being transparent to be able to say, well, a one is this, a 10 is this, you know, and where are you in here? So you can talk about the strengths and the weaknesses, um, because obviously when you're done doing the evaluation, you might go. God, he's got the right attitude, but he's got some skills that he needs to work on here a little bit. Um, let's put him with a mentoring driver and then share that road evaluation with that mentor to be able to say, here's the areas he scored weak in, and this is what he needs some strengths on. And in addition to that, John, if the carrier is doing a periodic reevaluation, 
Mm-hmm. Um, whoever is doing that, like you said, the driver mentor can see the previous report or yep. there could be a turnover in staff. So it, mm-hmm. it gives a little historical background of the uh, completed observations. Yep. Uh, the question I was going to ask of Randy, uh, you've probably seen these in driver files where you walk in and it's the checkbox type road evaluation and everything is checked and no comments. And when I look at it, I go, hmm, that means he's a perfect driver. <laughs> Have you ever. He's gone. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever road tested the perfect driver? I've road tested several amazing drivers, but not the perfect driver, because I think we all have developed habits where we can improve our own skill sets. Mm -hmm. Um, We all have opportunities to improve. Yeah. And that's why. I really like the idea that you stated about scoring because it gives us the opportunity to say there's room, you're a great driver, but there's room for improvement here. Or from a safety perspective, let me give you this suggestion and it might make you a better driver yet. And even though you already score. And the other thing I really like about it is if you set a scoring baseline or low score for qualification, you mentioned eight. So in my world, I use 80%. As long as you score 80% or above, you've passed the road test. Mm-hmm. But Correct. you're not going to, I haven't tested that perfect driver yet. Correct. And I think the other element, the scoring brings a benefit, is a driver who maybe scored quite high, 89, 90 but they were reevaluated a couple of years later. And in that interim, they've developed those habits. Now suddenly they're down into the high seventies range that you can tell what happened. How did this habit develop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, how do you break habits? And, uh, uh, well, my, my grandfather used to use a big stick that, uh, that seemed to work on me a little bit, but yeah. Um, it, it's it's coaching it it's uh, it's mentoring it's bringing to the driver the awareness of what the habit is talking about whether it's a good habit or a bad habit and and what we need to curb the behavior um as randy said and touched on it earlier a dash camera you know or a 360 camera in the vehicle while you're doing that it's amazing what you can pick up especially if you're seeing if you can see what the driver's doing while he's operating a vehicle, um, the different things that are just habits, you know, and then show them what they're doing. They're, they're all of a sudden going to go, oh, my God, I didn't know I'd do that. I, I didn't realize I did that. You know, I, uh, you know, the pandemic is a perfect realization of the habits we have. How many times do we touch our face in a day? And they say, don't do it. But you're doing it. And you don't even realize you're doing it. Drivers have the same thing. You know, uh, I know one of my habits was. Uh, 10 and two position on the steering wheel. And, you know, I would hold it at the 10 and rest my arm on a gear shift, you know, didn't have two hands on the wheel. I thought I was a perfectly good driver, not a problem, you know, but when you needed to make that evasive maneuver, you realized all of a sudden you didn't have full control because you only had one hand on the steering wheel. So, so things like that, you don't realize it until it's brought to your attention because you're thinking, 
I don't have any bad habits. Everything's good. I haven't had a crash. I'm okay. Okay, I thought Rainy was going to add something yeah. there. Well, I, I think, again, when drivers are used to driving a specific unit and they change company, suddenly now mirror positioning is slightly different depending on the make and model mm -hmm. of the equipment. Transmission could be a little bit different. Just the whole environment within the cab, they have to readjust themselves to that new environment. And I think there is that um, period in there that it, it just takes to change those habits, as you said, John, driving with one hand on the stick, you just did it for so long that mm -hmm. that was culture. Uh, and I now have a question about dash cams, since you both mentioned dash cams. Um, Randy, how do you use dash cams? Well, first of all, address the question, are they important or not? Uh, should every company have them or not? And then how do you use them? I personally feel every truck should be equipped with it. I believe, take the incident situation away, uh, just for every day, it would help the uh, um, supervisor, for lack of other words, of the driver, be able to monitor what they're doing, uh, whether it's turning in the right corner going into a, a customer site, as opposed to going around the block and following the path just following some companies and operations that you can monitor the activity of the driver. You can, you know, lane positioning. If on the multi-lane road, if your company procedure is stay in the right-hand lane, regardless of speed, you can, you can see that driver's behavior with or without a collision. You're just looking at overall. And for the drivers that are following the expectation, then it gives them validation as well that I know as a driver, the company is seeing I'm doing what they say they want me to do. Okay. John, how do you, first of all, do you believe in dash cams or not? Oh, huge fan of them. I, I have, uh, I have one in each of my personal vehicles. I wouldn't drive a vehicle without a dash camera. Now, you know, the, uh, the evidence that it provides the information, uh, coaching opportunities, unbelievable. I, you know, and all the travels that I do, um, you know, taking some of the footage out of my personal dash cam just to show my wife and my kids that look what happened in front of me here uh, earlier this week and uh, and see the incident and talk about how, how we avoid these situations. So um, in a commercial vehicle, I think it should be mandatory, uh, you know, not for the sake of watching after the driver, but to be able to there's many opportunities we can exonerate the driver. The driver is the first one to get accused. Uh, when a third party does something incorrectly in front of them, but there's no evidence to prove otherwise. So this is this is a big help. And then secondly, uh, it becomes a huge coaching technique. Uh, as Randy touched on, you know, being able to share that with a supervisor or, you know, with the technology that's there today, we can see it live, real time. You know, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I can be logging in and, and see the see what's going on out the front window immediately. That's if... You have, so there's two different types, or as far mm -hmm. as I can think of, uh, two different types of dash cams, the, the cloud-based yep. and the SD card. Um, Correct. Do one of you want to tackle, and I'll throw it to Randy, but do you, do you want to tackle what the heck's the difference? And if you had a choice, which one would you choose? 
Well, I, I think my obvious choice would be the cloud-based one. It has virtually limitless capacity where the SD card is just like our old cassette tape in the car. You only can put so much information on it and, you know, mm -hmm. 16 and a half songs and it's full. Um, and I think there are, are numerous stories out there where unfortunately the SD cards were full, they weren't purged. Mm -hmm. Although the mm -hmm. camera was operating, then you lost the opportunity or the value of what that camera provided. Plus, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to use the word nuisance in a positive way of having to continuously purge the card. So I, mm -hmm. I think cloud base is, uh, is, and it's more accessible um, to the individuals who are uh, back at the terminal. John, John, what would you? Yeah, think? you you you, de you definitely get that real time uh, ability with the cloud camera, whereas you know the SD card. If if a driver says, "Hey, I had an incident and uh, I caught it on camera," uh, you're not going to get to look at it until he gets back to the terminal. We take that, download the footage into your computer, and uh, and look at it from there. So you have a lag time by all means, but most definitely the biggest problem that we do see with the SD is Randy hit on it. It's you know what not maintaining it properly next thing you know it's full and you've overwritten so much information that it's no good to you now so um, you know sd card cameras were okay um not to say they were a bad thing they they were okay before the cloud come in because that was the only way we had but now that we have cloud-based in real time it's almost like why wouldn't you uh you know if i had a, a fleet of even four trucks i'd be going no we're going cloud-based we need that information now because I want to defend you, Mr. Driver. I want to prove that you're doing the right job here. You know, and at the same time, if you, you know, pick up a bad habit, we want to talk about correcting that behavior immediately. I don't want to wait until a week down the road when, well, now we've had a crash because of it. And correct that behavior for the positive reasons. You correct. Know, it's yep. not just in the event of an incident to prevent the incident. And mm -hmm. It's why we go to the chiropractor to align things yep. before it gets too bad. Well, and, and and with that opportunity, you get to take that information and share it with other drivers, you know, to be able to say, hey, a learning opportunity for everybody, not just that one driver. So, yeah. But. Yeah. And I just realized we didn't do a test before we did this. I hope I'm capturing everything correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the other um, thought I had, so Randy, you already hit on formatting of the SD cards, because if you use the SD card type, you've got to go out on a regular basis and format those damn things, um, mm -hmm. or else, as you said, they may not be there. The other advantage that um, I would throw out there for the cloud-based ones is a lot of them give the safety department an alert, and an alert when an event happens, so uh, a hard break or something. Hmm. Uh, Randy, you want to? Uh, absolutely. And that, again, it may not be leading to an incident that moment, but it could be seeing a definite trend or a pattern of why is this individual driver having those hard breaks? And just giving that learning opportunity in that moment to to correct the behavior, to correct the culture, um, so they don't. And and it's measurable. We can't do anything unless we can measure it. Um, mm -hmm. So so I think it's just rock solid information that we can use 
to help protect that driver and ultimately the fleet. Yeah, and John, something to add? Yeah, no, he's it's, it's spot on. Um, you know, if you if you don't have that information, you just can't measure it. You know, and and manage what you don't measure. Simple as that. So it it causes grief if you don't have what's going on. It, it it makes life so simple now compared to what we had years ago when we didn't even have a dash camera. We had to rely on everybody's word. We had to hope everybody was telling the truth, you know, and you were trying to give your driver the benefit of the doubt because he's your employee. You're trying to defend him when this third party has said, oh, your truck cut me off, you know, and we have no evidence of any other sort, you know. So, so now it's like, oh, now I have all this evidence and I can prove, no, no, the four-wheeler did not uh, get cut off by the big truck. It was the opposite way around. And, and courts are now using that to their benefit to streamline processes and uh, insurance folks, lawyers, everybody. They're loving it. Yeah, it's, I know from my insurance days, and John, you're probably the same, the insurance mm-hmm. companies love dash cams whether they prove you to be innocent or guilty. Exactly. Yep. They love them because if you're guilty, their Mm -hmm. their experience says, hey, the sooner we close this claim, the less it costs us. So if we're guilty, let's pay it out and get rid of it. And in the majority of cases, I believe it proves our driver, the professional truck driver, was actually not guilty and it proves mm-hmm. their innocence and it makes the claim also go away um, yep. at a much yep. cheaper price. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. time. Absolutely. Guys, it, we're going to have to do this again because our time is just about up. I will have your contact info. And all we did is talk about road tests and the well, road tests yeah. and dash cams. <laughs> but. Uh, I will have your contact info in the show notes below. Randy, whereabouts are you located? I'm in London. All right. And, and Mr. Farquhar? Just outside of Woodstock. So we got London, we got Woodstock, and we got Hamilton. So we got kind of the uh, the west end of Ontario covered. Yep. <laughs> so, Absolutely. And I would encourage the listeners and viewers um, – you know, if you know me, I vouch for these two guys uh, on camera. I, I can actually say that. As I said, I haven't met Randy before, but his um, his reputation precedes him. Mr. Farquhar and I have crossed paths for years, as I know. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, John. And actually, John, I don't know if you realize you were the only golf game I had this year it was the day that you and I got out. Well, you know what? It's it's funny because the uh, the only time that I golfed was with you and Randy. That was it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so now we'll have to get the three of us together. We'll have to work on it, guys. <laughs> thanks so much. As I say, contact info is below. If any of our listeners and viewers want to reach out, ask questions, please shoot a, a note to Randy or to John or to myself. All right, that's it for this week. Safety dogs out. Thanks, Chris. There. Was that painless? Absolutely. That was only 23 minutes, but I thought if we got going. I hope you loved the show as much as I did. Please leave us a like, a thumbs up, a review, a comment, a rating if it is in your heart. Thank you so much. And I do really appreciate 
your time. And join us again next week for another exciting interview.